Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on November 6th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. nature in its power and beauty, with rain and wind and sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we gather in praise of God. With believers and seekers the whole world wide, with people in every land and speakers of every language, we gather in praise of God with the angels and saints in heaven, and with all who have worshipped in this place, we gather in praise of God. With Jesus who promised his presence, and the Spirit who showers her blessings, we gather in praise of God. Here let heaven and earth embrace, here may God's people find home. No! 
Please remain standing for our confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to the Father. This morning's first reading is from the book of Job, chapter 19. Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh... I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free from deceit. From the wipe indication come. 
that your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips, I have avoided ways of the violence. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. And you, for you will answer me, O oh God, incline your ear to me in my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Saviour of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of the eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. reading today is taken from Luke chapter 20, reading from verses 27 to 38. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, 
came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will be the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. When my daughter had her last day of primary school, it was very moving. It was the time just as we were going into lockdown, and I don't know, those of you who had children in school will remember that we had to take our children out of school a bit before the Easter holidays, and we didn't know if they would ever go back, you know, um, because we hoped it might blow over, but we didn't know whether they'd ever return and what it would be like when they did. So for the primary sevens leaving, it was very sad because um, they might have been saying goodbye to all their friends and their school forever, which in fact they were. And as they were all leaving, the school had um, technology to pump out music. And they were pumping out uh, Sunshine on Leith, My Heart is Broken. And it was absolutely awful because it was a, a moving occasion anyway. And the, the pounding out My Heart was Broken was making it unbearable. So one of my friends boldly went up and said, you need to turn that music off. You need, you need to change it. So she did that. And they put on Akuna Matata which was also not right at all. And uh, we needed a middle ground, you know, in life so often. We needed somewhere between My Heart is Broken and Akuna Matata. And it's that middle ground I'm asking us to try and find uh, today um, and to look for. Because I think when we think about being a people of the living, worshipping a God of the living, not the dead, uh, we need to find that place. But we also need to give death its place. In fact, I, I would argue that we need to get good at death and good at dealing with it for, for two reasons. Firstly, because I believe it's what people outside of the church need us for. Um, I would say that from my experience of chaplaincy and outreach and working with people who don't go to church that's, um, you know, I would say that's something I've learnt. And also secondly, because I think we need to face up to death because it's the fear of death in all kinds of ways, um, some that we might not even be aware of, 
that affects everything we do. We either act out of love or fear, and most fear, one way or another, and we'll speak about this, is a fear of death. Now, like the disciples, we can get a bit bogged down in the details about death. We can try and put our human rules and ideas to control it and make it less scary. We'll have all seen that fascinating artwork where they've made maps of heaven and drawn it out in detail and, and things like that. I'm sure we've all completely put our foot in it with people from a different denomination or belief practice who believe slightly and do slightly different things about death than ourselves. And I fall into this myself, just to give you an example from my work. A lady in one of my chaplaincies in a department store called me to one side, which is quite unusual actually, so I knew it must be serious. She was very worried about her dog. The dog had seemed so ill when she had to leave for work in the, in the morning that she, she was worried, you know, what she was even going to find when she came home. But she had to work till the end of her shift and she was wondering if her shift would finish in time to get the dog to the vet. Um, I sort of stayed with her and I, you know, was quite sombre about it. And I said I would come back soon to see how she and the dog was. Um, and I, I, I prayed for her, you know, as I'd gone away and I prayed for the dog. Now, on my next few visits to that lady's workplace, she wasn't on her own. She was either in a group of other staff or with customers, and I didn't get a chance to speak to her. And I didn't want to bring it up in front of other people because of confidentiality and also in case it was bad news. So, you know, the time went on and I continued to pray. And then I noticed a bit of anxiety creeping in in myself because I can pray for an ill dog and I can pray for a dead person, but I can't pray for a dead dog. So I was in a bit of a quandary. Anyway, some months later, I did manage to catch the lady and I said, and how's Geppetto? And uh, she was completely perplexed. She didn't remember even telling me the dog had been ill. It had been fine when she got home and um, had just not wanted to go for a walk. So as it happened, I'd been praying for several months for a perfectly well, if slightly lazy dog. <laughs> but what, I, what I, I tell this silly story to reflect on the fact that, of course, God is bigger than all of that. He is bigger than all of my rules of what I think I can pray for or what, you know, the details of things. And, and I think there is a, there's a serious side to how we apply these rules if it can mean that we miss giving people what, we, what they need. I've been to some churches that are so obsessed with death that it can feel quite heavy and quite depressing or where they read out names of the dead that's more than the names of the people in the room alive just now. I've also been in situations where I'm doing outreach where people have literally come in off the street and said, my brother has died, will you pray for him? And according to the theology of the people there, they've said, no, we can't do that. Um, and uh, I've seen people turned away from wanting to light candles in churches because that's not the sort of thing they did there. And um, I've also, I've spoken to people who, if you ask them if they have a faith or if they pray, they would say things like, well, my grandmother had a faith and she died and I talked to her each night. 
And if you read the notice board, I was recently in the sanctuary at the hospital and they have a sort of prayer and reflection tree and a notice board. And if you read the sorts of things people are writing, if you were theologically strict of any persuasion, you know, you would, you would have a hissy fit. You know, none of it fits with our frameworks or theologies. But this is how people are experienced. It's some experience of God. It's an experience of faith. This is, it's bound up in, in their experiences of death. So I think it's important for us to, to know how, how we can support people in that. However, I don't think it's just about other people outside of the church that we need to get our sort of ducks in a row about death. Because as I said, we're called to be a people of love. And as we know, fear is the main thing. I would say it's the main thing that gets in the way of love in all kinds of ways. And our fears are always there. They can be surprising and quite primal. You know, they're very deeply wired. There was a survey in the 1960s where they tested people about their response, their emotional response to various words. And I wondered if anyone would like to guess what word uh, gave the greatest fear response. Would anyone like to guess what one word um, gives the greatest fear response or did in the 60s? Anyone, any thoughts? Is that, is that, pardon? No, no, it's an animal, it's an animal. Spiders, Okay, so we've had things like debt, suffering, cancer, the dentist, uh, money, God, um, and we just had our first animal, and I said it is an animal. Snakes, nearer. Rats. Rats, nope. Spiders. Spiders, is it good? You're getting close. Uh, shall I tell you? The answer is shark. Shark. <laughs> Now, the reason I've mentioned this, because isn't that interesting, because we are all, I would say, you know, right now at this minute, I'd say we're 100% safe from sharks. You know, I, I think we're, we're absolutely fine. And I'm sure most of the people doing the test were as well, you know, so they, we are living with fears in ways that we're not aware. And um, Elspeth mentioned public speaking there and, or, you know, giving a presentation. That is one of the biggest fears. After death, the biggest fear is usually giving a presentation. But the reason, the reason that we have a fear of presentations and speaking and all of these things is because to do it wrong and to do it badly might mean losing face, it might mean uh, loss of being liked, loss of identity. And there is a time when that would have meant being shoved out of the tribe and that would have meant death, you know, and fear that your mother or your father won't approve of what you're doing, that comes from a time when that would have meant, you know, that would, if they didn't take care of you, that would have meant death. So these things are a fear of death, even if they present as something else. And of course, when we become fearful, when we become um, need, needful of security and, and wanting, wanting everything in order, um, we can strengthen our own identities, we can exclude other people, we can, we can put ourselves against, you know, we can be that protective in that way, putting ourselves against others. And I think this is what we're called to get past. Um, and, and I suppose that's what I, I think of in terms of being people of the living. 
And I don't mean simply by being confident, you know, that we, and it, it is lovely to be confident that we're going to heaven, that death is not the end, you know, that we're, you know, to have all that in place is wonderful, but it affects how we treat each other now. Um, and I think to really know like Job did, and you know, he had a terrible time of it, but to know like he did that our Redeemer lives, that someone came along and turned everything upside down, that said, no, we're going to do things differently now. You know, love is the most important thing. You know, that is that turning upside down, the turning everything on its head, that it's time to treat each other differently, to do things differently. I think that's what as disciples were being called for, to be people um, following that God of the living and following somebody who said more times than he said I think anything else to not be afraid so thank you thank you Sally for that thought-provoking uh, reflection we do um, have a faith where death and life are very closely linked you know, death and resurrection is a pattern of uh, life. And um, yeah, I thank you for those thoughts that uh, we need to face death and our fear of death in order to live more fully. Um, so thank you. So let's just pray now and I just have a moment to reflect uh, on what Sally said, a moment of quiet before we move into our intercessions. Let us pray. Loving God, help us as individuals and as a community and as a church to be able to face death in all its different forms so that we may live more fully, that we may live that life of death and loss and resurrection of new life. And help us to help those who do not go to church, help them with their fear of death so that they may live life more fully and abundantly. Lord, in our, your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray for your church worldwide and in our local area. We pray that your church may be a light for others, may be a home a place of welcome where people are accepted for who they are and not required to fit in. And we pray that your church would regain its prophetic voice to speak truth to power and to promote peace with justice. May it do so fearlessly and courageously. 
And we pray for our community here and local churches that you would guide us into our future where we may increasingly work for the common good for those around, especially those suffering in poverty and in need, with mental health problems, that we may be a haven for them. Lord, in your mercy, And Lord, we do pray for our Bishop John, who is now acting bishop in the Diocese of Aberdeen and Orkney. We pray that you would give him wisdom and energy as he carries the difficult task of mediating between different groups. Lord, in your mercy. And loving God, we pray for our world, especially for creation. We pray for the upcoming COP27. We pray that leaders would really understand the urgency, that there would be justice in terms of richer nations, helping poorer nations, and we pray that pledges would indeed be delivered. Lord, in your mercy, and loving God, we pray for all those war zones, all those areas of conflict in our world, especially where innocent people are suffering Again, we pray for peace with justice. And we pray for all those suffering forth migration, those who are refugees. May they indeed have a welcome and support. And we pray for leaders to be raised up who have an empathy for those who are suffering, who want to work for justice and peace. And we pray for the deep inequality in our world, that we may work towards a world where all have enough and where all have agency over their own lives. Lord, in your mercy. And loving God, we pray for all who we know who are suffering in body, mind, or spirit, or suffering from grief and loss. And in a moment's quiet, we quietly name them and lift them to you. Loving God, we ask for your healing for them in body, mind, and spirit. Lord, in your mercy. 
Merciful God, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Broken bread is broken for the life of the world. Lord, unite us in this sign. Broken things for broken people, holy things for holy people. Come, let us receive.
morning, God, we thank you that you have overcome death by your resurrection. And we pray that we would live resurrected lives full of your spirit and full of your love so that we may too give life to the world. Amen. Please receive the blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your faith. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen.